Hey, you're listening to Good Vexations, a podcast about little grievances we'd rather air than solve. I'm Pat Brennan. I'm joined by my best bud, James Lynch, and this is our fourth episode, which means we've now been doing this for about a month. Thank you all so much for listening as long as you have. If you know anyone who you think might like the show, send them a link. Let them know that we exist. Anyway, today's good vexation is just trying to get a cup of iced coffee at Starbucks. Same damn time, same fucking place. Everything around here is awful. Something isn't right here, but I can't. We could go into coffee. Coffee is an endless. I mean, coffee of is something I can always talk about. I think that a lot of people have a lot of vexes with coffee. Yes, totally. So, James, my vexation with coffee is this. Mm. I, I I work in in downtown New York. Well, it's not really downtown New York. I work in anyway. I work I work in a busy area of New York City that has a lot of options for coffee, mm. um, and. None of them are particularly fast, I have learned recently. But I think the worst offender, in my mind, is Starbucks. And I find actually, I find this in a lot of places. Actually, not just New York City. I, and I and I, I do want to hear your thoughts on this. But anytime I go to Starbucks, typically what I'm not a picky boy. Typically, what I want is simply an iced coffee. Sometimes medium, sometimes large. Every now and then, small. And sometimes, like putting a little bit of caramel in there, you know. It's 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 good, but like just a nice coffee, please. Yeah, like all 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 I want is just a cup of iced coffee. Now you would think that this would be simple because many of these places actually just have like a vat or like a spigot now of iced coffee, and in theory, I think all they need to do is scoop the ice in and then just pour it and hand it to me. That's never how my trip goes. <laughs> Here is how. So let's 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 role play this out a little bit. So you're you're James Lynch. You've come into Starbucks and you were talking to me, the Starbucks barista, right. and you're going to get yourself a medium iced coffee. What do you right. say? Hi, uh, I'll have a, a medium iced coffee, please. Yeah. Uh, so that's a grande? Uh, yes. Yeah, yep. Okay. Uh, yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, what, was the, what was the name again? James. James? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. J A M Z. Going to go ahead and write that down. Um, you and got it. I'm going to take a guitar hero username. Okay. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and take this coffee. I'm just going to walk it over to the bucket of ice, and I'll just uh, with its sticker. I'm going to stick it down, and I'm going to walk away from it. And uh, you can just go on, stand over down there by the side of the line, and uh, wait for it to come through. Uh, cool. Thanks. Uh, you would continue on down the line, and you would sit there, and you would wait. Uh, and first thing that's going to come out is a. Uh, Voca Mocha double ice, half whip, half cream, uh, with a sprinkle of sugar on top. And the next coffee that's going to come out, that's going to be a uh, triple swirl unicorn with a caramel maki on top. Uh, then we're going to have the uh, cherry cherry double blast. Here comes one of those. Uh, and now we're going to get a little bit of liquid syrup topped with just a single piece of ice. That's going to go to Stephanie in the back. Uh, and after about ten. One. After about 10 of these coffees, you're going to start to think to yourself, boy, there weren't that many people in front of me. I sort of just want my iced coffee. And eventually, you're going to have to be a little bit rude. I hate talking to people. That's part of this. I I, I just don't like talking to people. And yeah, to, Talking to people is the worst part of existing in the world. <laughs> you will need to interrupt the barista, who is very busy, making very complex, uh, just like coffee 
delicacies and request that they please just shovel some ice into a cup and dump some coffee on top of it so that you can just leave the goddamn Starbucks. Do you ever do you ever have this problem? No, I do. I do. I like I see I, I see like a group of people who are all getting something that is sugar, sugar, sugar and a tiny splotch of little coffee I, on it. I sent you a video this week. I don't know if you saw it of of when they did finally get my coffee to the spigot. It's so literally I like I went through this whole process again and they they got my coffee and they brought it to cuz there's like a little tap now. They've got like a like a uh, yeah, tap's the right word. It's a tap. Yeah. Uh and the they pull the lever and the nitro. Exactly. And the the coffee's just going to go into it and he puts the cup under it and he pulls the tap and I just wait and I just watch as this the slowest trickle in the entire world. It literally took like four minutes to fill this cup of oh coffee. And like I was ready to gouge my eyes out. I was like, why is it so hard? I just want a nice coffee. It seems like it seems like it would be a relief. Because most of the time, I mean, sure. Do we know anything about being a barista? No. No. We really don't. But it seems like efficiency wise, couldn't you get the like the dumb thing that takes thirty seconds, like just out of the way? Wouldn't that be cool? Or is it a pro- a problem uh, of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease? You know, like I I feel like I feel like if we made a more of a fuss, maybe we'd get better service. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to do that though. I hate being that person. I am very accommodating. Like I, and so I think this is part of why I often just want just like a plain iced coffee, because like you've said, I know nothing about being a barista. I know that their jobs are hard. I see them moving all the time. And I'm like, please just put the pre-made plain coffee sludge into my cup and give me that. That way the person who wants their double, double half and glitter with three apple wedges in it can take up more of your time. Exactly. Because, like, we, we've we never been baristas. But, Pat, we've both worked service jobs. <laughs> okay. I hated it. I mean, it's bad. I hated it's it. It's awful. But still, like, that's not a it's not a high-wage job, right? That's, like, it's still, it's still, it's a job that's not, like, it's, it sucks less than some other jobs, probably. But, like... Mm-hmm. It's still probably a minimum wage or close to to close to a minimum wage job, right? So right, it's also the kind of job that is definitely in threat from like the inevitable robot takeover. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, there's a Shake Shack near me that uh, has gotten rid of the cash registers or the cashiers, I should say, in these in this location. And so when you walk in, there's just like a bunch of touch screens, and yeah. you just pick your order from the menu it's just like you know pictures of the food and like the words and like you just choose what you want and then you tap with your card or whatever and they make it and then they deliver it to you and it's really fantastic i like it a lot and i would go to eat there more except for there's one problem and that is they have hired people to explain to customers how to use the touch screen that's how all of this stuff is gonna be at first you know but and it's so it's like trap. It's being for. It's like being forced to train your replacement, except your replacement is a robot. Is a robot like, <laughs> that's already better at the job than you are. <laughs> exactly, and like I mean, I've been to. I've been to like McDonald's has started doing this, but they have not completely. They have not completely shifted over because there's still plenty of people who you know actually want to talk to a cashier. 
I don't understand these people, but there are plenty of people who still want to talk to the talk to a human being, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think that that might actually be normal, wanting to have a human connection throughout your day. I don't I, know I, about that. I don't know what normal. Who wants to talk to people like a living human being? I mean, I super <laughs> duper don't want that. Like, I love this system of, like, come in and just press on the food that you want and have it delivered to you and speak to no one. And it infuriates me to no end that every time I walk in, uh, one of these very well-meaning uh, folks wanders up to me and is like, all right, so let me go ahead and explain to you how this works. I'm like, please don't. Please, I have a phone in my pocket. I know how to just pick what I want. Like, I swear, I, I, I came here so that I could press a button and have a hamburger without anyone ever opening their mouth to speak to me. That's what I want. Right. How, so how long, how long do you think these jobs will exist? Because like, mm. in my mind, it's like elevator operator, right? So like, there was like, uh, I don't, I don't actually know, probably about fifty years or so, where yeah. like elevator operators were a thing, and they operated elevators even after the point that they just became button systems, right? Right. right. And I, I think I heard somewhere that it was like a union dispute, and like the union went on strike, and then that was sort of just the end of elevator operators across the country wow. because they went on strike, and everyone realized we just didn't need them. Oof. Um, yeah. So, how long do these like? temporary i think we're in the middle of a very short thing here these like temporary cashier pseudo positions that try and teach us how to use the cashiers that we definitely all already because like if they went on strike today and like this is unfortunate but like if they went on strike today and like that uh restaurant couldn't have anyone explaining to to patrons how to use the uh digital screens Mm -hmm. i think that everything would be fine and the business would run totally normal I, to an extent, I think that there is still, I don't quite think we're to that point because I think that it's still new enough that there are people who are still pretty uncomfortable with it. You know, like, okay. like uh, if, if you've been to a grocery store that has self-checkout, they still have an attendant, right? Oh, yeah. That's another, that's another great example of this. Right. And at the same time, like... They kind of need the attendant because the software doesn't work great and it's not really straightforward. Uh, the like they have there are kinks. Plus, it always yells about you about having too many bags in your cart when you haven't put anything exactly. in. Exactly. Like there's all like it's still help help th- thieves. St- <laughs> 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 like I think that I, so I think this stuff is still I think this stuff is still new I, and I I wonder. Like, I mean, I think with a coffee shop, there's a lot of that stuff that can be automated. Like, again, do I know anything about being a barista? No. Am I a coffee artisan? No, I'm not. But, like, I'm pretty sure that you could design a really cool machine that that makes a perfect espresso shot every time. Because what I see, uh, what I see, like, the high-end baristas doing is... Like weighing, looking at temperatures, timing things out, all all of which are things that are that a that a robot with good sensors could do. Right, because they're all just like physical variables. Yeah, they're things you can measure. They're things that you can optimize, and if they're things that you can measure and optimize, that's the kind of shit that a computer is going to be able to beat you out on. Well, no, I do want to say though, like. There is definitely always going to be a market for like top tier baristas, though. I think. Oh yeah, um, but that's not Starbucks. So, <laughs> like, 
Well, <laughs> actually, oh, okay. uh, so uh, I was in Seattle a couple of weeks back for PAX and uh, I made a point of just doing touristy stuff while I was out there this time, oh, yeah. which I normally don't do. And uh, one of the things I decided to do on my last day was I noticed that I was in an Airbnb over by the uh, like Starbucks rotisserie, whatever thing. So it's kind of like a big tourist trap. I think um, they cook a lot of the or they I, I was about to say they cook a lot of their beans, but I think they, they cook a lot of beans, not a lot of their beans. I think percentage wise, it's almost nothing. But like they cook a lot of their beans in this place. In addition to that, they also have like coffee tastings and like a gift shop. And it's kind of cool to see all the uh, beans being roasted and like packaged up. They have like a little, they have like one setup of a package machine down there, like sealing up beans and stuff like that. And you can buy those freshly roasted and sealed beans there and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's really, really cool. But um, they also do serve coffee for coffee tastings there from what I would imagine are some of their better baristas. I, I think that like it would probably be a pretty sweet gig to get to work in the Starbucks rotisserie rather than just like a normal Starbucks, right? So you keep saying rotisserie and I keep thinking chicken. What do you mean by that? Is it roastery or is it rotisserie in Seattle? Uh, Hang on. Yeah, double check. Pick. Oh, it's super duper roastery. Yeah. It's, it's... Uh, the Starbucks, eh, let me speak words here. It is the Starbucks Reserve Roaster, ah. not rotisserie. <laughs> there are no chickens being rotated here. It is a roastery, and I just used the wrong word for like a good solid minute there. Good, good, good. Um, good, good. good. Uh, anyway, the roastery is very good. They, ro- they roast their beans there, and uh, they've got like a lot of cool stuff, but there's like a bar where like a lot of these freshly roasted beans just sort of get like funneled through a like a pneumatic system like banks used to have or banks yeah. do uh-huh, still uh-huh. have like banks have uh to the counter and then they like grind them fresh and then they cook like really talented people i would imagine cook them uh the point of all of this long-winded story to get to the goddamn point is that uh i paid way too much money i paid nine dollars for one of the best cup of coffees i've ever had in my entire oh life. yeah like it was absolutely worth it like i went to it expecting just like a tourist trap and to drink some like mediocre coffee or whatever mm-hmm. but um no it was extremely good it was extremely good absolutely uh so there is definitely a level of talent and skill in this that is not that probably can't be entirely taken over by robots i, would I think you're i but think you're right what's going to happen as automation comes because automation is is going to become ubiquitous it already kind of is there's a there's a robotic burger joint in san francisco right now Nice. That is fully automated. So you like they're not fully open because they're basically a tourist attraction right now. Um, so they're not. So you like sign up for an email list, and then they're like, "Hey, come at this time and have a burger." Um, and you can watch. I want robot burgers. Yeah, me too. I want robot yeah. burgers. That sounds great. I almost got to go. Are there no people working there? Yeah. Like, do I go in and just a robot gives me? That's a burger? exactly what I'm saying. And you actually get to watch the robot build you a burger. I, I'm a hundred percent invested in this. Exactly. I want to go now. It's really cool. It's really, really, really cool. So, like, hello, human. Here is your protein slab. <laughs> Thank you, robot. Thank you, robot. <laughs> uh, what a cool engineering problem, too. Just like, how do you how do you make a perfect burger? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great question. Really great question for me. I love it. So, like, what survives when automation becomes u- ubiquitous? And I think that the things that su- uh, that survive 
are the artisan products, you know, the things that have to be made, have to be handmade, or the stuff that they that people want to be handmade, you know? Sure. But like with that too, the skill ceiling for these things is still going to go down regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I, I, I work in theater, I work in uh, custom fabrication, right? So like, sure. part of the reason that my job is so difficult or so interesting and like, not anyone can just do it is that uh, you need to know a very wide array of tools and procedures or you need to be able to learn them quickly. Mm. And you are just like fabricating custom one-time units every single month, essentially, right? Um, For every different show that we do. But like uh, there is a tool coming out that I'm legitimately very excited for. It's called the Shaper Bot, I think, or the Shaper. Is Is that like the CAD for a CAD for a router or something like that? Yeah, it's a handheld yeah. CNC machine, basically. Crazy. So you you put a router on this little robotic base, and then you upload your AutoCAD drawing to it, and you put some stickers on the plywood or whatever it is that you're cutting. It like orients itself using those stickers, and then all you have to do, as far as I can tell, is go ahead and just like generally trace the line you're trying to cut. Oh, yeah. And the router, so long as you are in without uh, within a uh, variance of about two inches, the router will auto adjust so that it cuts the line perfectly, which means that people with almost no skill <laughs> can make better cuts than someone like me who's been doing this for 10 wow, years now yeah. at this point. Um, so like I said, like even these skill jobs that can't entirely be surpassed are the the blow the bar is going to lower enough and quickly enough that like uh anyone can do these jobs yeah seriously but that's why we need a minimum wage <laughs> yeah so it, oh, man that is and by minimum wage we are talking about minimum living wage right so like minimum wages already exist that that is yes. a thing but this is like <laughs> exactly. all people should be given a minimum living wage simply to live because we're going to hit the point probably in the next 50 to 100 years that there just aren't enough jobs for humans. Also, like if we had like a minimum living wage society, that's basically like the world of Star Trek and who doesn't want to live in Star Trek? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Right. Because there's, there's a really, really good, uh, I think it's next gen episode where like a lawyer gets like thrown into the future mm-hmm. and he's like, well, what do I do now? And like John Luke Picard has this big speech. He's like, you do whatever you want. Like, that's the point of humanity now is to to uh, uh, be everything that you want to be. Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> well, that sounds rad. So let's do that. Wow. Minimum living wage. Let's get on it. It does sound fucking rad, man. I know plenty <laughs> of people would be doing something different if they could just go do whatever they wanted to do, you know? Yeah, like imagine if you just didn't have to do your terrible day job all the time. And yeah. you could just work on the things that you wanted to work on because resources were not a driving factor. Yeah. Yeah, man. That w- Anywho, so that's how we, we take a small Vex like iced coffee and blow it up to a global scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so what have, we, what, have we, what have we learned here today? Uh, I wish my coffee would come faster. I wish the robots would do it. And why don't we live in Star Trek already? Like, <laughs> and why don't we live in Star Trek already? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> By the time everyone arrives, the burners are off and the dishes are done. I've got a half, half, and half, half heavy cream swirl with no whip. Axel Bart hold the crumble for Carol. Carol?